On this episode, from January 23rd here in New York City, Gary sits down on the Cannibal Mindset Podcast and talks about the most important principles that his mom taught him that he will pass on to his kids and the importance of leaving a legacy. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Because we're going to be So listen, I got I got twenty minutes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start with the big long introduction. That would take twenty yeah, minutes. Do, New York yeah, Times best selling book. If you listen to this, you don't know who Gary V is, stop this right now. GTS, Google that and and then come back to the podcast in a minute. So let's I love get, it. let's let's get into this shit. Let's get into it. So so Gary, listen. Yes. Having having absorbed your content, watched you, I consider you the modern day Robin Hood. Okay. And before I explain uh, what that means, like, tell me your initial thoughts on this. You're smarter than you look. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I'm trying to think right now because I don't want to. Yeah. I think you might be the first person to say that, recent ever, maybe even. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because it's crossed my mind multiple times. Yeah. You. Well, here's what. I, here's what I'm getting. You know. A long time ago, there were there were these ideas and these these thoughts and these collaborations were for the super successful, super rich, the Rockefellers, the all, all these people. And what you've done is you've said, "All right, no more." You can look at your, your Sasha that you just started. You can look at the way you do things, and you're making it available to everybody. And if that's not Robin Hood, I don't know what is. And to your point, I'm uh, in, Sasha is a company I'm building, but like yeah. my great legacy in my aspiration to be someone that gets written about like Robin Hood is giving it for free. Yeah, that's like the, it. the thing that I, if somebody asks me, what are you most proud of? I'm literally giving away all my best yeah. for free. Right. I don't know what else to say. And to your point, you're right. I go into the clouds with all these interesting places and people and things and I come back every day and I produce content for the masses for free. Correct. But and it's but it's for and it, what's amazing about that is you've built a business on or you've built a profitable company a business on it, but you're you're rising up the people who believe they never had. a Well, chance. think about people that kind of look like me. If you do know who I am, a lot of people that kind of look like me build audience to yeah. the masses, but then try to sell to that audience. Correct. Right. Here's the four thousand dollar ebook. Correct. Here's the come to my mastermind. Yeah. What I do is back to your analogy. This is why I thought of it too. I do business with Chase and Budweiser. And triple A list celebrities, yeah. but for the masses, it's free. Yeah, it's crazy. And the masses and and the, and the, the the celebrities they sign up for that. They sign up. They're on board because that's your brand. They understand that. They also understand. And word of mouth is reputation matters. Yeah. Like I really know what I'm talking about. And when I meet anybody in any, by the way, this right. We're about. We've had to move this podcast a couple times. I've got this weird day. Now I come and sit down and say, Hey, I got 20 minutes, not 30. Right. Yep. But, like, for these next 18 minutes, like, I'm giving everything I've got. Like, I'm not thinking about, I don't even know what my next meeting is. I don't, there's a million fires I have going on. I don't give a I need to deliver to this. And I think that's what I do well for any audience, whether it's celebrity, the masses, client. Like, I'm obsessed with over-delivering. It's why I say yes to like this in the first place. Yeah. The fact that you're going to be able to build a bigger podcast by leveraging the fact that I was a guest is the single reason I'm doing this interview. That, exactly the singular right. reason I'm doing this yeah. is I know where I sit and what it will mean for you by leveraging me. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's meta as f- that, 100%. And that's, but that's Robin Hood. That, I and that, couldn't that's agree. That's Robin Hood. Uh, listen, I literally, that was my reaction. You're smarter than you look. It's <laughs> so, a very, very smart observation. Awesome. So and I'll tell you this. It actually, it's really funny. I judge people on how they figure me out. It, it's funny where my brain went when you said it. A, interesting. I'm pumped that you figured it out. B, oh, he figures it out that isn't obvious. <laughs> Great. I, I, listen, I super appreciate that. Let's, let's, I'm going to roll, keep going. Go, go, go. So you were once... You don't want compliments the whole time? No, no. Thanks. I'll take that. I'll take that. Later, listen. So, two, 2009, you were asked a question: Where in New York, where in New York, uh, do you love going when you're in town? And you said, "I love going to my barbers. I love getting my hair cut. We have me and my barber have great conversations." What was the last great conversation you had? And I'm not talking about the conversation in front of the in front of the camera. I'm talking about the last conversation. You I left cannot to go believe this is the question. Had you asked me this 48 hours ago, I wouldn't have known the answer. I would have like thought really fast. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, Travis Kalkinick, the founder of Uber uh, and former CEO, who's uh, you know been out there, yeah. stopped by. We're longtime friends. I often talk about passing on Uber and losing out on all those dollars. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation. Yeah. Like thoughtful as f- No cameras, just you and him or what cameras? No cameras. And so, so in, that, in, that, in that moment, right? I don't need to know what the conversation was. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. In that moment... I was reminded why he was able to build one of the fastest growing biggest businesses of all time. And it wasn't a business conversation. Yeah. He's just thoughtful. Yeah, that's awesome. Because Listen, I'm going to pass you another compliment. I like when people see that other people don't. Yeah. It's actually how life works. Let me give you something I'm hot on right now. I do not think the American dream should be buying a home anymore. Mm. I think it's full of Tell me more of that. Yeah. It's a bad use of upfront capital, and it ties you up, Correct. and it's just not smart. It's not and, appreciate. And, and, not and what it. is it for? Like, I'm that I own a home. Yeah. I would literally rent in perpetuity now, and I will. Like, I've decided, like I will never buy another new home. Yeah. Uh, is it because- college. Parents are tricked forcing kids to go to college when 93% of kids should not go to college. I love when is accepted, but it's now broken because college and buying a home might have really been awesome. And I actually believe this in 1954 and 1973. The problem is it's 2019. So like I'm hot on seeing things that are obvious to me on what's gonna happen next. Here's what we do very interesting as a society. We on the new and we put the past on a pedestal. Uh, no, no question. People buy homes, people buy uh, fancy cars, they buy and they go to college for one reason. For significance, hundred percent acceptance. Right, acceptance. I want to. I want to show. But here's the thing, real quick. Let me tell you the difference between a Lambo and owning your own home. I'm looking at some people here. We're all looking at each other, right? You just don't know if you own the home or not. <laughs> like you don't have to know. Yeah. Like I know you're driving a Lambo. I see it. Yeah. But you live in a home. I actually have no clue how much mortgage you have on that home. You Do rent you it, rent, it, rent it? Right. right? Whether, I'm whether telling you this thing, and, and by the way, this is my thesis to why it will fall. I'm not saying fashion will fall. Fashion will never fall. I got to show you that I'm wearing fly clouds and dirt or a Gucci bag or, or an Under Armour. Like, that's how we express. But on a home, I actually don't know if you own it or you rent it, and that's why it's vulnerable 
because it actually doesn't matter to the outside person. It's not important. It matters that you're in that home. And if you actually play it out, it means people are gonna live in much better homes. Because if you're not using all that upfront cash and you're just renting, you can go higher up. You're gonna be in a fancier place. It's very, why do you need to own a home? You don't. To leave it to your kids? <laughs> they can rent too. Yeah. Oh, this is some amazing for me. Yeah. I think the whole thing is gonna go. In the yeah. next 50 years, yeah. it takes time to rebrand. In a, in a while. Yeah, so, go. All right, next question. So I know you have this. <laughs> By the way, everybody's listening. That is how you go from what was the last meaningful conversation yeah. you have into good. ranting about the current state of home ownership in America. Good, good transition. If you were just curious, go ahead. There. There we're like speed rounding yeah. here. So, so I know that you and your, from what I've heard, yes. what I've read, yes. uh, you and your wife have an agreement that you kind of don't talk about family. You've set some boundaries. In my content, in, yes. In content. Correct. Question though. Yes. What what principles did your mom teach you? I, I know she taught you uh, how to be confident. Tons, go. That that you, if you had to come up with the three principles that you're that you're going to pass on to your kids, that your parents taught you. What are those three principles? Beautiful. So I would say hot take. It's less about principles. Number one, rule number one: disproportionately overlove your child. In parallel, in parallel to you building up that self esteem. You eliminate all delusion. What my mom did that I don't see most people do is she wildly made me think I was the best, but anytime it was proven that I wasn't, she acknowledged that I wasn't. Confidence, not at the expense of reality. So you have two groups of parents, the masses. One, insecure parents who pass their insecurity onto their kids on their kids, thus making kids think they Or parents that overcoddle and their kids and give them eighth place trophies and make them think like, like my son yesterday said he's gonna dunk. And I said, you are never gonna dunk. Right to his six year old face. I'm like, dude, you will never dunk. He said, why? I said, DNA. He's like, what's DNA? I'm like, ask Alexa, right? <laughs> so it was important for me to not be like, yo, you're gonna dunk. He's not gonna dunk. And as soon as he understands that, the better. That's not what most parents do. So my mom overloved me and gave me unbelievable self-esteem, but she taught me accountability and eliminated entitlement. Do you understand? I'll tell you, everything else she did doesn't mean It's tier seven importance. Be kind, love it. All the amazing stuff, hard work, cool. I promise you, it's two things. Build self-esteem, make your kids think that they could do anything until they prove they can't and then acknowledge they cannot. I'm big on this. And that's what I do with my employees. Like go, 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 and then you can't. I'm like, you're off, you're no longer on the video team or you can't write anymore. Like, and that's the way it should, that's, I love that. What, what, is that, what does that do for them in the long, give me the, give in the, the long cause, term, the cause and effect uh, I will, the effect is you try and you don't fear failure, yeah. the end. Do you understand what happens when you stop worrying about other people's opinions mm. and failure? Like everything opens Liberated. up. And when you take on full, in, full responsibility? Yeah. See, optimism and confidence at, at the balance of like reality versus delusion makes you fear failure, not value other people's opinions, and have complete and utter accountability. Yeah. That gets real good. Like I, when, when, you know, this is why I push, like it's your fault. I genuinely think everything in my life is my fault. And that's liberating as hell. <laughs> like, like, you know how fun it is to know that nobody has control? Yeah, yeah. 
Nobody controls. When you say it's Rick's fault, Rick has control. Yeah, I love that. One of the one of the questions I ask my kids every day: Tell me how you failed today. And the first time I ask them, defensively, like, yeah. what are you talking about? I haven't failed. Not that, Dad. Right. And now it's like, oh, I tried this and I, it didn't work out. And and they now like that's their badge of honor. And look, I'm when I fail. It's like you don't want to raise people that like just yeah, I lose at everything. Like there's there's. There's accountability slash, you know what my mom taught me? Ramifications. I'll give you a good one. My mom knew I was gonna be a winner. Let's just call it what it is. But she punished me on the clock four times a year. Every report card, I would go down. No TV, no friends, no Nintendo. It was the worst. It was clockwork for a decade. She did it. Because even though she knew it wasn't gonna matter in the macro, in the micro, it's what I was doing, and if you fail, you have accountability. I, listen, I, I graduated with a 2.0 grade point average, never went to college, and I'm coaching CEOs of billion dollar companies right now. I mean, I don't know, it's, it's, I mean, you've done your homework, you have context, like, I love sharing my report card. Like, like, what, but what, let me ask you a question to that point. There was, there was a time when that was my greatest weakness, I hid that. Yeah, me too. I, and like, wouldn't talk about it, yeah. sugarcoat yeah. it, uh-huh. but now what I've learned is, I flipped that, and Eight that's, mile. I open up with Eight that. Right? Yeah. Once, a mile. Once, once, once D-Rock, once Papa Doc knows all the, what are you going to say about me? What right? are you going to say? What are you going to say about me? Naked. This so, all, if this can all play out that we just all roll naked yeah, and yeah. like it's, and when I say naked, I'm, look, yeah. maybe we do all physically roll naked, but like, <laughs> let me promise you something. Hypocrisy smells. Yeah. Whenever somebody judges somebody else, I always laugh because I know that they have something they have too yeah. or they're hiding too. That's book, one of the best books I've ever read. Mistakes were made, but not by me. And it's the, all about hypocrisy and the, and the judgments. You, oh, I hate that. I'm saying it's, and that's what we live in. We're every, living in this world now. Every day I wake up at some level, subconsciously or consciously, I always say, who the f- am I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. With all the good, I think I'm dirt. <laughs> I mean it. Nobody's going to give a, f- a year after I die, except for like 11 people. Like, it's the truth. The 11 people that are in that room. So, 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 so nobody's you know, gonna give up for all the things like all the people that like don't know what to do when they see me at the airport and take a selfie, right? Yeah. Like what? What? But, the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm looking at this. Like I love him so much. What happened? He died. I was for like four hours, and then the and, next day and, happened. And then you went on today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. The second. But, but you, you know think, who says that? You know who says that? Who? Robin Hood says that. No. Robin Hood says that. Is Robin this true? Hood. Robin Hood says. That. I, Robin Hood. Robin Hood says that no. Robin Hood says that I'm just doing what I do, and you know what? I'm not doing it for any other how reason, but end? it's the right thing to do. How does Robin Hood end? What are you talking about? I'm being dead serious. I don't know what the how. Robin Hood's a book, right? Yeah, Robin okay. Hood's a book, and then Kevin Costner, like Kevin. I didn't watch that. <laughs> what happens in the end of Robin Hood? How does it actually end? I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I know. So, so, I, do you know? You're laughing. Yeah. You don't know, right? No. Do you hold on real quick? Do you know? I've seen it. Do you know? Look, come on. He gets there's he, four. There's five people in here. One, one, one of you, you, is like, well, you don't know. Uh, news alert: the four of us have uh, open the door real quick. Yo, Caleb. Caleb knows it. I guarantee. Do you know how Caleb Robin knows. Hood ends the book, the movie? Like, do you know how Robin Hood ends? No, of no, course no, not. Son. Seth, do you this know is, how Robin Hood ends? Robin, no idea. This is. Get over here. Come and tell me. We Listen, found someone. Every, every person. Justin. Justin. Justin, Justin that, do you know how Robin Hood ends? Knows that. Which Robin Hood? The, the book. book I don't or know. the movie. Pick one. 
how Robin Hood ends. Yeah, yeah, how does Robin Hood end? The story of Robin Hood. He kills the Sheriff of Nottingham, and he gives the money Just back before to she gets married. He gives the money back to all the people. Who the f*** is the Sheriff of Nottingham? <laughs> He's the tyrant. And they just released another so, Robin Hood. Come on. He watched after eight. I got to go Robin. soon? Well, All right, uh, let me get one speed round. Two yeah, questions, yeah, I'm yeah, out. Two more. All right, good. Thank you for knowing Robin yeah. Hood. See you, Zach, Justin. You just took 30 seconds trying to go figure ahead. out who the Robin Hood was, right? So, so, this is the best podcast of all time, by the way. So, so listen. So, so, so now we, you know, we went from family. Went, so let me ask you a question. Please. So now that you have this, this uh, you come, come to Russia. I'm going to go all the way back. You yeah. come home from Russia. Belarus, right, for come, everyone scoring at home. I come from you, Belarus. You, you go outside to play football. Oh, right. I, I, move, I go from, for everybody home, Belarus to Queens, Queens to Dover, Dover to Edison, New Jersey. I'm five. I go outside in August 1982. And Eric says. And Eric Godfrey. Says you are a. Jets fan. They're throwing a Nerf football around. I'm just getting acclimated to America, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm an immigrant. This football thing seems fun. We're throwing around the, remember the old oh, Nerf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like, who do you like? I'm like, I have no idea. And Eric Godfrey goes, you're a Jets fan. And that is how I became a Jets fan. So, so let me ask you a question. Please. 40 years later. Yes. 40 years later, almost to the day, your entire empire, your entire life has been predicated <laughs> on, this, on this one statement, right? This, I, I set the goal. I, yes. And the, the bell goes off and I start That's running. That's right. I'm going to buy the Jets. I'm, I'm going to buy the Jets. What happens when you buy the Jets? Two very opposite reactions. One, I don't give a if I buy the Jets. I just want to try to buy the Jets. Yeah. It's a very big thing. Yeah. This process, this chase, the thrill of the hunt is oh, yeah. everything to me. Yeah. My intuition is one of two things happens. There is some weird, awkward, lull of like a micro moment of depression of like, okay, I did it. Right? Yeah. And it'll be crazy because I'm a marathon runner, so it's not happening for 20 years. And so, like, over the next 20 years, think about how many people in America are going to know about this goal. Almost everybody. Almost everybody. Right? Five million know about it now. That's minimum. right. I mean, and so <laughs> a lot of people are going to know. And then I th- hope it quickly goes into, and now I have to win a Super Bowl. So, my hope, and this is my intuition, is. It will quickly transform into the task at hand. So, how many how many stadiums, how many how many jet stadiums do you think you fill with the people's lives that you've changed in your quest to buy the stadium? Eighty seventy thousand is a stadium. I would say by the time by the time people's it happens lives, or today, people's lives that you have changed just because of your quest. All this doesn't happen if it's not for the quest. And so, how many lives do you think you change by the time you reach it? Let me say something I want everybody to know, and I'll put it on wax, as they say right now. The fact that I get one of the emails I get a day, and I get a lot of them, that says I was was suicidal, like real that's heavy, that trumps anything I will ever do professionally. One, one person telling you that they were going to take their life and that your videos and podcasts Mm -hmm. made them not is disproportionately greater than if I bought all 32 NFL teams. And I mean that. So you can imagine why I'm such a happy kid. Yeah. That being said, man, a lot, man. Like, look, I'll be very honest with you. A lot of people, I'll put it again on wax. People come up to me all the time and go, Gary, you have no idea how many people's lives you're impacting. And I always hate that. Because in my mind, I'm like, you have no idea how many people's lives I'm impacting that I realize I'm impacting. Yeah. And more importantly, how many I'm going to impact. And by the way, this is what makes me so f- happy about the way I was parented. This has nothing to do with me. This has to do with the circumstances of America 
when I was born, and more, most importantly, my two parents' DNA and what they did with the clay that I was. So when I say that I genuinely think that I can be a generational person, and that's what I think. Like, yeah. make, I'm gonna be very weird right now. I think I can be a generational person that all four of you will talk in 45 years that you spend time with me because I'll be such a gen- I actually believe that. Uh, I believe it. I think it's going to be many, many, many football. I, I plan on genuinely impacting millions and millions and millions and millions and millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, because I know what my intent, really well, my, my only vulnerability is my health. I know what my intent, my intent is only to have a statue. Yeah. Quote unquote, right? Like oh, yeah. I want to be admired. I told my, my sister got emotional the other day. She's just seeing how many people I'm impacting. And I said, sis, November 14th is gonna be a national holiday. You know, obviously it was Martin Luther King Day, so it was on my mind. I was like, why, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Like, I understand the words coming out of my mouth, and like, but I more understand. People, if more people felt that way, and saying, like, if by the way, you don't get national holidays for buying the Jets. No. no. You get national holidays for moving the culture. Yeah. And when I say the culture, I'm talking humans. Yeah. And so I'm very excited about my ambitions and I understand they're audacious and I understand why some people listening are like, oh, this guy. I understand how it can sound like big head. I promise you, if you peel away the onion, it, it, I wish more people were doing it. I'm with you. Last question because I'm going to go. Last question. So 50 years from now. Yes. 60, 70 years from now, you're gone. You're, you're, you've left this earth. 70. Yeah, 70. Would be better. Yeah, go 70. ahead. 115. Yeah. What? What's the contribution you have left? He, he gave way more than he did. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed. And more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. <laughs> have a great day.